Tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> well, hey guys, Hi. welcome back to another edition of the Daily Show. I'm Christine, joined by Brandon, and together we are diving deep into the world of location-based entertainment and Probably some other things too, if I know us, right? <laughs> anyway, Brandon, why don't you kick us off today? All right. Well, first, I just want to say congrats to Eddie Hampman. Excuse me, Eddie Hammond. He's the uh, managing partner over at Andretti Carding and Games. They had, uh, they just actually officially opened today. It was their first location uh, in Arizona opening up. They've got their location in Chandler. Just a couple of months later, they've got their location in Glendale opening up. And so, Anyway, had a chance to go to a sneak preview, VIP sneak preview last night. It was great, as is classic, you know, Andretti Karting and Eddie Hospitality. Mm-hmm. They had lots of great food and drinks and all, you know, and game cards. And, you know, everything was open for, you know, had a chance to race on his cart and, you know, on his, uh, on his course. And anyway, um, my kids had a lot of, you know, had a lot of fun and uh, really you know, you know, excited for them and, and to have them here in the Phoenix area because they love their product. And I think that yeah. Phoenix is going to eat it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I got a little sneak peek when I was there last week, not everything, but got to see some fun things mm-hmm. and it's absolutely gorgeous. They just did a great job in that location. And I specifically love the creator works installation of their uh, VR laser tag on top with, um, Oh my God. What did they have underneath? Um, we have a hollow deck and a hyper uh, hollow gate and hyper deck. I was combining the two right. hyper deck and hollow gate. And then, yeah, they have yeah. their limitless VR on top actually as a second story. Right. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool. looking. absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, also another one of our friends, Barry Zellickson, his show fun across America had a new episode was released last week and we failed to mention it earlier, but they have, uh, they, they actually went and visited the museum of intrigue in Syracuse, New York. And this place looks crazy. It's actually one of their longest episodes runs about 10 minutes. So definitely go to YouTube and check out fun across America. And, and you can go there, youtube.com at fun across America, check them out. It's a museum of intrigue looks super cool. We haven't talked about them on the show. Cause frankly, I didn't even know about them. Um, but they're a full like immersive theater mixed with like a, not even an escape room. It's like, it's like a whodunit type thing. And there's like 150 different paths you can take and experiences. So, like every time you come back, it could be a new storyline that you follow. So very interesting and innovative product. I'm sure we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about that a little bit more on a future show, but for now go watch fun across America and learn a little more about the museum of intrigue. Awesome. I cannot wait to dive into that. Sounds like a great episode. Mm. All right. Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about this cool place that I found on the internet. It's called Fair Game. It's in London. And the concept's kind of unique. So what it is, it's kind of like a carnival. They have nine different types of carnival games that they've actually invented and created themselves. So they're nothing that you would see that you could just go buy from a game manufacturer. And they combine this concept with cocktails and street food. And then they come, sometimes they'll bring in some outside um, live entertainment as well to the facility. But what I love is you come and you arrive at your arrival time and you get 30 minutes to kind of enjoy some food and have a drink and beverage. They give you an RFDI card and a wristband, and then you get access to the games. And during that time, you you take your wristband, you activate the games, and you get to play two rounds of each of the games that they have in the facility. So there's nine games in all. And while you're doing that, all of your points are tallied up into a leaderboard, which is shown on the screen. 
and uh, you can see who's leading the rounds in the games. Now, I have a little video to show you guys, so I'm going to pull this up onto screen here so you can see what I am talking about. Okay. Here we go, which is, there you go. You can kind of get an idea of what the facility might feel like. I love the little duck here on the bottom, little pizzas being made. And if we scroll down a little bit further, uh, you can see kind of some of the arcade, some of the games they have. So Lawn of the Dead, uh, Fill Your Trash Cans. Oh, I want this scroll across there. Oops. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hmm. There, let me just grab this. I don't know what happened here. Okay. Come on, fair game. All right. All right. So anyway, um, you, you can go through, you can kind of see some of the games that they have here. There, there's food and drink. Let's get down to the bottom here. Oh, why isn't this working for me? Um, anyway, cool kind of fun concept. I One thing I really wish is that they would have shown where the leaderboards are in the facility because you can't really get a good sense of that um, off of the website at all. And from what I've heard from others is that they don't really do a good job of actually showing the leaderboards and using that as a tool, even though it's supposed to be a big part of playing the games and, uh, uh, you know, the play process. And here you can kind of get an overview as kind of a screenshot of what the actual space looks like, which looks kind of cool, like a fun little concession um, area. Now, the, the food is local street fair. They have cocktails, craft beer, so Burgers and Beyond, Rudy's Pizza, Tacos Del Mas, which I'm not familiar with, but it sounds like they're popular in the area. But what I really like about this concept is that you need to make a reservation. You play the nine games, get your names on the leaderboard, and then you're done. And you can sit around and still have some food and beverage or have a couple of drinks in that area. And I guess there's a lot of other things to do in that area. But I really like the scheduling part of this whole concept. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I mean, I, I love, you know, me, I'm a sucker for Midway games. Absolutely love these types of things. Like if I could, if I could like have a whole room just filled with Bob Space Racers games, like I would love it and I would probably play it every single day. But that that's me, obviously. I th and I love the theme. I love the marketing. Their F and B looks really unique, like the little little mini popcorn bucket that's hanging off the edge of one of the drinks. Uh, so I mean, I think they've done a phenomenal job with all of that. I actually, so I actually disagree. I don't like the scheduling model for this, where you go in, you play your nine games, and you leave, and like you just hope you did okay on your leaderboard. Like I, I, you know, would would love the opportunity to just. You know, I guess I'm not opposed to the it being an encapsulated experience, but like you just go around, play your nine games. I don't know if it probably is less than an hour and then you're done. Like to me, that's a little bit of a letdown after, you know, hanging out. And like I don't know, I think I'd, I'd want to have a little bit more of a mixed experience. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure what their type of flow looks like. Maybe they started with that model and then they integrate and then they added a timed model based on just people spending too much time in there. So it may have been something they did to just mitigate that issue. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. It sounds like from what I've heard is that's how, that's how they started the model and they've done that since the very beginning. And I guess I'll go back a bit. I think as an operator, I really like that style, you know, because it keeps things organized and controlled and everybody gets the good same kind of experience and it monitors the amount of people in the facility. But you're right, from a customer's perspective, I definitely, it would be easier to have a more casual flow where I could go play a game if I wanted to come back and have some food and beverage. But then I think that the whole leaderboard concept might not work as well. And so I, I, I think that that's a big part of the reason why they schedule it and do it this way. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because laser tag has done a good job pulling off, uh, you know, a, a leaderboard. You know, the same thing with go karting, right? So, like, I can go and play the laser tag multiple times, and I can level up each time, and uh, you know, and I'm going to pay to go play that particular laser tag game, or I can go on go kart race and try to get a better time and yeah. get higher on the leaderboard. And so, you know, I guess my issue here is like every time if I want to get higher on the leaderboard, then I have to pay for the full experience to go back in and play all nine games again to try to get better on the leaderboard versus what if I just liked this one particular game more? Like I like the whack-a-mole game and I just wanted to play that over and over. Yeah. I think you're missing a guest experience uh, opportunity and also a revenue opportunity. Like I might just want to go play your, your whack-a-mole seven times and, and you know, sure. that's a missed revenue opportunity. I do agree with you, but I think when you come back to the leaderboard, the reason why it works with laser tagging and go-karts is that you're looking at one product, right? Where here you've got nine different games. Mm -hmm. And so they're tying all the scores from all nine different games into one leaderboard. Now, I suppose what they need to do is divide that up and each game has its own leaderboard, which would be different. But then I don't think that the outcome is the same. Do you know what I mean? So like if you're not uh, compiling the scores from all the games, it just might not be as impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you could do both, right? So you have each individual, each individual game has its own leaderboard and then you have an aggregate leaderboard as well. And if I improve one game, then I'm also improving my overall score. I think of like time mission, right? So, you know, our friend Peter Martins and he developed time mission. Each room has its own leaderboard, has your own, own score, but then there's a collective score as well. So I can go back in and play one room seven times and play each other room, maybe only one time because either a, I wanted to improve my score or I just liked that room better. And I can go and do that. And I think that's maybe just an opportunity. And I wonder if you like, if you had all these midway games infused with your F and B and you had more of like a whole carnival style feel versus like I'm here in this restaurant and then I go into this room, play games and I come back out to the restaurant. So, you know, it has a little bit of like an escape room feel to me where like you go in, you do your thing and you come out and you leave and then you're done and you stick around and have some drinks instead of just continuing to play. So Anyway, I'd love to just go and experience yeah. it because again, I really yeah, like I really like what they're doing. Just not sure I, I like their their business model, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. We don't that's, <laughs> we don't yeah. have to agree on everything. <laughs> it's and, and it seems to work just fine for for them, uh, you know, because they well, continue to run that model and fail to iterate. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all all right. right. Well, so one place that. I also really, after reading the description and reading the, the the some of the news articles that came out about it that I really wanted to go and check out was Wonderland Madhouse. And so this is basically like an Alice in Wonderland themed family entertainment center. And their grand opening is actually happening on Friday this week. And at the, it's at the Poconos Premium Outlets. So in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. So for those of you who aren't familiar with that area, it's a little bit more of like a tourist destination. So people like travel out to the Poconos. Obviously there's people who live there too, but it is meant to be a tourist area. I mean, there's like Kalahari resorts and big like water park resorts. It's like a little mini Wisconsin Dells up at the Poconos. And so they're opening up the premium outlets and it's created by this company called Trapdoor Immersive Experiences. And they do actually a couple of other types of attractions in the area as well. And they have a couple of different attractions here. First of all, it's a, they have a Mad Hatter's Tipsy Tea Party. And then they have the Down the Rabbit Miniature Golf Course. And then they have this immersive We're All Mad Here Escape Room, which actually showcases live actors and innovative puzzles. So I'll just pull up a little bit. I love you know, the, the branding here and the, you know, the, 
like the colors, like clearly this is a shot from up above, like looking down on some of the mini golf course and stuff. And then their main thing, their main attraction is actually the escape room and immersive theater. So it, because it's got that live characters, there's actually an immersive theater component. It's, a, you know, it's not like the one that you know, I was just referring to fun across America. It's not as robust because it's a single storyline, um, but it has the active characters. And so you can see some of those characters here. Like this is the the caterpillar and, you know, they have, uh, you know, they, they have the mad hatter who's, you know, in this tea party area. And this is like some pictures from their golf course and, you know, here's a couple of, you know, characters. You've got the queen, you've got the Mad Hatter's like an upside down room, which is kind of interesting. Um, and you, you've got the evil queen. So <clears throat> anyway, they then also have mini golf, which is a nine hole course. And then they have, uh, because they also operate a mad- madness distillery, they have the distillery's full line of vodka and rum and then signature cocktails built around that. And I think what happened was I then started looking at these pictures and the one thing I really thought was cool was the fact that you could come in and celebrate an unbirthday by, um, you know, actually go to the Mad Hatter's tipsy tea party. And like it's conducted, you actually join the Mad Hatter and you can have like, up to 20 guests sitting all around this table, having this crazy tea party. They've got some really interesting F and B, you know, with some like oysters and shrimp and everything else. And, um, you know, here's the, here's the outside building. And I think, I was like looking at some of these pictures and I then began to like go a little bit off and, and get, get like unenthusiastic about this. So when I looked at this, the building, it isn't the Poconos, so it's in the mountains. When I like come into this building, I don't expect to see a Mad Hatter experience. I expect to be like walking into a cabin. And, you know, this is actually a picture of their golf, their mini golf course. And you just start to look around at the stuff and it's just a little bit rough around the edges. So like really cool experience from a, from it's like, it sounds like it's a really cool experience, but it just doesn't seem to hold up. You look at this picture, like this is a picture of their bar and it just, I'm not sure what's going on with the bar. You see some of the exit signs. This is a hallway into their escape room. And like there's shit on the floors is like rough around the edges the paint looks like flat matte black paint. And it just, it starts to lose its luster when you actually begin to look closely at some of these pictures. And I was just you know, a little bit disappointed in because I had such high hopes for something like this. Like some of these rooms, like this Mad Hatter Tea Party looks pretty cool. But again, it looks like I'm in a log cabin with like some Mad Hatter items around it instead of being fully themed and immersive. I love the live actor component. But even here, when you look at this mini golf course, it's just a really standard, like green grass, basic mini golf course. They, they talk about it as being like, I go through these hedges and you're like in all the hedges of like, you're in the queen's garden, you're playing mini golf. Not at all like that. Like it's, it's in a 500 square foot room and all the other players are going to be like right next to me as I'm like playing this. It's not even spread out. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Christine? Yeah, I think we're in this weird transition period in entertainment right now, because I feel like maybe five years ago, this would have been okay. And this was kind of the experience that people were putting out there. And I know I went to tons of these actually for a while. And until I was kind of like, I'm not going to these anymore because they're so cheesy. Uh, They're not well done. You know, if the acting isn't good and if they can't really create the storyline and they don't do a, a 
good enough job on the props. Like I kind of got over it and I've seen so many better things come out since then that I think that we're at the point where we need to be upping our game. Like this just isn't okay anymore. We can't charge the same dollars for these types of experiences. Um, I mean, maybe five bucks to walk through something like that, but it kind of looks like a haunted house you'd set up in your garage or an experience you set up in your garage in your neighborhood for people to come and enjoy. And it's, they're just not okay anymore. We have the capacity and the capabilities to be creating better stuff nowadays. And we need to invest in that and do better experiences. Otherwise we just give entertainment in the industry a bad name. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed with that. And I think it, the, for me, it's, it's two issues. You know, one, if you want to deliver an experience like that, that's fine. I mean, it is expensive to do real theming and to really go fully immersive. That's expensive. And so I, you, you almost have to pick a direction. Do you want to go and, and, you know, have the standard mini golf experience and just charge $5? They charge $8, by the way, for their mini golf. So it's not wildly expensive to go play that mini golf. But, you know, if it's your family of six or whatever, and you're also spending other money at the Poconos doing other things, and that's just for the mini golf. Um, but my, my bigger issue is the marketing to execution misalignment. And when you talk about it being this immersive Alice in Wonderland experience, and then you show up and it's like, wait, I'm in like a log cabin with some, some paintings on walls and some like random props. And that actually brings up, uh, I, I know this has had a little bit in the news, but actually police were called to a Willy Wonka themed immersive experience in Glasgow, Scotland. So it was called the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Experience. And this was put on by um, a group, group called the House of Illuminati. And they said that they were, you know, it was billed as a journey filled with wondrous creations and enchanting surprises at every turn. And then basically when somebody actually showed up and they were interviewed by the BBC, said it was basically advertised as this big, massive Willy Wonka experience with optical illusions and big chocolate fountains and sweets. But when we got there, it was practically an abandoned, empty warehouse with hardly anything in it. And it was so bad. They got so many complaints that they actually canceled the event midway on the very first day it was open. And here's a good example. So the picture on the left, AI generated image was used in the marketing. Picture on the right was the actual thing, the actual experience. And here's another picture of the experience. And like, this one is even worse. Like, holy fuck. Like, how is that even okay? Like, is and that an on TV sitting up there on the yes. side? Yes. Oh gosh. Wow. So anyway, I guess my, my point in saying this is not to rip on these guys. They've, they've, they've dealt with like a lot of issues of their own making. It's, it's, it's making sure we're aligned between the marketing words we're using and setting an expectation of guests, a certain guest experience, and then not delivering on it. So just make sure that those two things are aligned, I guess, is my only, is my only point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. One of my points. Definitely a good point. Like I think using AI generated images is actually a little bit scary unless you kind of mark that it's a conceptual image. I mean, a lot of people don't, I mean, okay. Most of us looking at that picture would have recognized that as an AI generated picture from Dolly or like wherever we were getting it from. Right. But some people might not, you know, and they, they're expecting to come in and get this experience. And the, the thing that boggles my mind about this Willy Wonka one is how did the organizers think it was okay to go forward? This doesn't seem to be like it was their first kick at the cat. They must have done other experiences like this. Like who pulled the trigger on that? Because you're harming yourself. Like they just harm themselves far more by the, than canceling the experience. 
Yeah. The, you know, some of the articles I read, you know, said that they did almost think about not going forward with it, but they, you know, already had their live actors there because they did have live actors and like they'd already been there, which yeah, by the way, didn't get paid. And so like, I know I totally get it, but somebody, I agree with you, it should not have gone forward. It should not have even, even been to that point. It, 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 they would have known days before that this, this, this production was not ready to go forward. So yeah. it's really interesting, you know, but you know, you, you wonder what was the pressure there for them to push it forward? Did they need to make money? Were they on a timeline of sorts? Like what was going on to cause this? And yeah. you have to kind of like be careful and balance all these things when you're actually building a business and trying to be entrepreneurial that you still have to provide a really good guest experience and with all those pressures. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, did we want to talk about the X wall or do you want to save that for tomorrow? You know what? Let's save it for tomorrow because let's, okay. let's take our time going through it, I think. And uh, yeah, let's leave it at this on a very right. awesome. uh, and sweet note. <laughs> all right. But, yes. Uh, uh, nice, nice, sweet right. note from Willy Wonka. All right. Sour, awesome. sour note. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, as usual, okay. CBBW signing off. Stay tuned, everybody, and keep kicking ass. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. 